20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. February 11th, 2021, football season is over, so hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. This is the dark zone, if you will. It's between the Super Bowl and the Combine, so it's kind of draft season, but not really. It's also not football season anymore, and frankly, we're all trying to forget that the Super Bowl even happened because Tampa Bay happened to win it, and they employ Tom Brady, so that sucks. I'm your host tonight. I'm Jacob Westendorf, and I am not... With my usual Thursday crew, Jimmy Christensen decided to ditch me for reasons that are yet to be completely determined. And Maggie is taking care of a a new house guest is the way I'm going to word that. I'll leave that for her to make her announcement from here on out. So I am joined by the Tuesday crew. Well, every other Tuesday crew, well, two thirds of them, at least Matt Fralick is not here. He decided that to not respond to my message. So I couldn't get all of them in here, but I do have. Janelle Mackey. Jen, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, you know, as <laughs> good as I can be, considering the time of year that we have here. And then the bartender and the self-described cornucopia of useless crap, which is my favorite adjective that's ever been used to describe anyone, especially since he came up with it himself. Dan Kotnick. Dan, how are we tonight? I drank half a bottle of champagne on Lombardi's Bar before we did this, so I'll leave that i'll let that sit and let people know what just kind of take that i drank half a bottle of champagne we're off to a really good start here guys so (laughs) under under promise and over deliver if there's anything that i would want put on my tombstone that may very well be exactly what it is so thank you dan for being down for the cause so appreciate you having that for us what we want to start with today is the news and the news is more of a parody than anything else If there's anything that the NFC North is good at, it's not beating the Packers, but it's tempting to get former Packers to join them. And the Chicago Bears, well, first of all, the Detroit Lions have hired Dom Capers. That was a while ago. But today, the news that came out was that the Chicago Bears have hired Mike Patton as the senior defensive consultant, some made-up title that they have. I called it the defensive coordinator's babysitter. I'm not 100% sure what really to think on that, but... General thoughts real quick. Dan, let me start with you as to your thoughts on Patton joining a division rival. (laughs) (laughs) Jill? I don't don't know how I follow that. Um, No, I think I do think it's funny, like how they all just kind of cycle through and hope that maybe, well, usually it's if you can't beat them, join them, but you were already part of them. So I don't know. Like, you got, uh, fired. Fair, you got he, fired from him. And he did now, beating the Packers over the last couple years. So he can, Yeah, he can go. I mean, he's used to beating them, just usually with the Packers themselves. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have. You know, their new defensive coordinator is kind of new in that role. I don't anticipate much of an impact. And the other reality is Chicago's defense was good anyways. So even if he makes their defense better, is that even really going to be noticeable enough? considering 
their offensive situation right now is they don't have, well, their quarterback, if the season started tomorrow and it doesn't, like I mentioned, we're in the dark zone again, is Nick Foles. Nick Foles is not going to be the starting quarterback in Chicago. They are rumored to be one of the main suitors of Nick Foles's former, I don't really know what they call that, but the guy who started in front of him in Philadelphia, and that is Carson Wentz. So he may be the guy. They may have to go a different route if they miss out on him. If Chicago's offense doesn't take a leap, to me, it doesn't matter if Petten can make their defense the best in the NFL. So what does that mean? They can scrape their way to nine and seven, make the playoffs and get bombed in the first round by the two seed when they're the seven seed. Like, I just don't see much of an impact. Dan, you laughed, but do you see any potential impact of this for the Bears? I mean, for the Bears, it's really like, it's like bringing in a scout from another team to come join your team to basically just like reevaluate your like reevaluate the decisions that you've made, you know, like I I hear baseball people talk all the time about that of like bringing in a scout from another team and say, here's the players and here's our evaluations of our players and of our opponents. How do you see it? You know, from like a different perspective. And that's what it feels like is, is what this is, is you want to bring Mike Pettin in who has spent the last, what, three years now in the NFC North of trying to, game plan around the NFC North offenses and you know what he's probably going to do is come in and say how did you game plan for us so that our offense can get better and what can you tell us about the Packers defense right now so that we can try to to beat that those those have to be the two biggest advantages it, because he's not the coordinator like you said he's just the babysitter so he's really just there as kind of like a, a second opinion Basically, I have to imagine. And like I said, I think his two biggest keys will be reevaluating what the Bears are doing and hopefully giving a little insight in how to beat uh, beat the Packers. Jen, anything to add to that just on impact that he could have in Chicago? Yeah, I think Dan basically said it. You know, he's not the D.C., so it's not like he has the head job. Um, but, yeah, just kind of having that inside scoop on, well, here's – what they looked like last year. Here's what they look like in practice. And here's how uh, we ran them in games. But the thing is, is that with the draft and the off season Packers will be different going into next year anyways, hopefully fingers crossed. So yeah, it's really just kind of, it feels like maybe he can help us get some leverage because he was with them for so long that he can kind of help us with um, just some of those minor things. But yeah, I don't expect much to change because teams are going to change in the offseason. That's what they do. So, yeah, you can have that little bit of leverage, but Packers are still going to find a way to one-up you twice a year. And that is, I mean, right now I see no reason to think otherwise. Obviously, we've got a long offseason ahead of us. Players are going to change names. You know, Mike McCarthy used to always say that you can expect the roster turnover to be around 25% from one year to the next. And this year with the what I'm calling the COVID cap, which is we still don't know where that's going to end up just yet, but – that number may end up significantly higher for a lot of teams. I'm looking at you, New Orleans and Philadelphia, and teams that are going to end up with complete skeleton crews. If you guys think the Packers are in potential cap hell, take a look over at the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles if you want to look at that direction. But I've always been a big believer in, you know, it's Jimmy's and Joe's, it's Billy's and Joe's, it's whatever your preferred saying is, not X's and O's. And the Bears' defense is good. They have Khalil Mack. They have Akeem Hicks. They have Kyle Fuller. They have Eddie Jackson. They have Roquan and Danny Trevathan. Jalen Johnson's a good player. Like They'll get Eddie Goldman back next year. Their defense is going to be good 
regardless of who's running it. And the same could very well be true on the other side of the ball with the Packers. You know, if you look at their offense, you got Aaron Rodgers running it. You're already in the top half of the league. Add in Devontae Adams and A.J. Dillon. And when they trade for Julio Jones, as Mike Silver suggested, those sorts of things are going to make for a really good offense. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, if they improve with Zadarius Smith obviously playing close to the same level, Rashad Gary getting better, Jair Alexander being the man that he is, Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, and then upgrade the other cornerback position. It's a really talented group to where I've always believed that we as a whole overrate and then scapegoat coordinators as good as anything. And really what it comes down to is, for example, I've said this a million times, the Packers are not not Super Bowl champions because their defensive coordinator is Mike Pettin. They're not Super Bowl champions because in the biggest game of the season, some of their best players didn't play their best football. And if you look at Tampa Bay, that's exactly what their best players did. Shaq Barrett, JPP, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. I mean, those guys played well. Well, Brady, not so much in the title game, but their other guys did play well and they were able to overcome that. And Green Bay, now Aaron Rodgers played well and Devontae Adams really didn't. And Aaron Jones really didn't. And both of their tackles really didn't. That's the biggest reason they are not Super Bowl champions right now and didn't even get an opportunity to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, a game that looked like if Kansas City plays the same way with that paper bag offensive line they had going against Tampa Bay, Green Bay very easily could have won that game. But that's a hypothetical. We'll never know. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay is the champion because there is no God. And that's the only explanation that I have at this point is there. I can't believe that there is a God if the champions of this football season in a COVID world are the Alabama Crimson Tide with led by Nick Saban and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady and Antonio Brown and Ndamukong Sue and that totally likable bunch that they have going down in Tampa Bay at this point. We so live the first in the question, seventh layer of hell. We do. We do. And it's really hot over here. So thank you guys for sharing that with me this evening, but we have a few things we wanted to talk about tonight. And we thought one, we would be a little goofy. And when I came up with this idea for a topic, Jen said, that's mine and Dan's specialty. So I was like, I'm all in then let's, let's have a little fun with it. But my question to you guys now is football's over. We are not talking about a game this weekend. What the hell do we do now? Because we've spent the better part of six months starting back in training camp, talking about what the team could look like, what they could do, what their games could look like, what they would do, all the way to an NFC championship game. And then even after that, you still have a chance to talk about the Super Bowl because it's the Super Bowl. Dan, what are you doing now? What are you watching on on your streaming platforms? What are you doing to pass the time, so to speak, until next July when camp opens again? Well, sports-wise, there's still plenty of sports to get involved with. And so Janelle nodding in the chat here, she knows exactly where I'm going with this right off the bat. Hold up, the let me NHL grab a pillow. Full swing, baby. NHL is in full swing. Jump on board right now. Get get it get behind a team. Stick with this. I mean, what, Janelle? We've got like probably three more months, solid three more months. We're on day 29 of 116 consecutive days of NHL play. Jesus, this, see, this is exactly why Janelle, Janelle's the, the pro of this. But it's hockey season, man. I'm literally split screening right now with you guys and the Canadians Maple Leafs game. 
I don't even know what those words mean. <laughs> well, Jacob, would you like me to bring this, bog this down even more? Don't you, do you, it. Don't you know, do it. You know what's going on right now, too. If you talk about soccer, I'm leaving. Something about soccer. We are, we are in the heat. We are in the middle like, we are in the, the the home stretch of a heated Premier League title race, baby. Are they paying you to talk about this? They this should is the third be. conversation we've had they in should the last be. week about it. Guys, we just wrapped up. We just wrapped up the quarterfinal matchups for the FA Cup today. The the Ma- Manchester City just took down Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool for the at home for the first time in like 18 years. They they are now 10 points ahead on the table of the former champions. The UEFA Champions League heats up again in just a couple of weeks. Catch the fever, baby. Catch the fever. This is the time. This is the exciting time. All right. Uh, sorry, just woke up from a nap after the hockey and the soccer discussion jen obviously you're watching a bunch of hockey but aside from that what can we find for for you to entertain yourself here over the next six months or so um yeah hockey keeps me pretty busy um i don't know i've been trying to finally finish some unfinished shows like i i binge shows and then i forget to finish them so right now (laughs) brooklyn 99 is what i'm trying to finish for the first time so Got that new girl. That's another one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now, Wait, like, are you watching New Girl for the first time? I never finished it, so I'm okay. kind of just like picking up where I left off in it. But I'm pretty busy. I don't. <laughs> I I got yelled at actually by Jimmy for not finishing either of those shows. So yeah, but Jimmy yells at people for not finishing yeah. the most obscure shows I've never heard of. So I don't, um, I don't take Jimmy's um, insult to heart because it's Jimmy. But I was like, yeah, I, I probably should finish them because Brooklyn Nine Nine is good. But yeah, keeping keeping busy that's for sure. I actually don't have a lot of time to just sit down and watch TV. But I I will say the show I am I'm in the middle of right now trying to finish because I was the same as Janelle. I started watching this when it first came out, and I'm trying to catch up and stream through the rest of it is what we do in the shadows on FX. If you have not checked that out yet, do yourself the favor. Um, based off of the cult classic movie by Taki Watiti, the director of um, like a couple of the Mandalorian episodes. He's been doing some of the other star Wars stuff. What we do in the shadows FX I can't recommend that enough. That's my that's my one streaming recommendation. All right, I'm going to go a little more on the childish side of things because it just came to my attention last night. Netflix has the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, all 60 episodes from it. So the originals from Jason and Zach and Tommy and all and Kimberly and Trini and Billy, I think I got all of them now in there. So the originals, Jen, you're probably way too young to remember when that was a thing. But never watched any Power Rangers anything. Well, I will tell you this. Let me let me give you a crash course real quick. The fir- the original series. So these episodes that I'm talking about, that is gold and worth their weight in gold. The episodes are 20 minutes, so it's very easy to binge. You can watch you know six episodes in two hours, so that's really helpful. And the movie. Uh, where they have the Rangers together, obviously, and Ivan Ooze is the main villain. That is a very good version of that. Anything other than that is not very good. 
uh, <laughs> the, what was it? The, I don't know if you would call it a live action movie, but whatever it was that they made with Elizabeth Banks and Goldar was the main villain. And it, it was just awful. It was really oh, hard to the, watch. Like from a couple years ago? Yes. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. And I remember being so excited for that movie because when I was a kid, I wanted to be the Green Ranger and the White Ranger. And I remember being legit. One of the first times I was legitimately pissed at my mom was when the only costumes they had for Halloween was the Red Ranger. And I mean, the Red Ranger was cool, but he wasn't the Green or the White Ranger. Like Tommy was the badass. So that's who I wanted to be. And my mom got me a Red Ranger costume and I dressed up as him for Halloween but I never really fully forgave her. So mom, if I'm still holding grudges <laughs> against you today, this is where it started on that side of things. But I played all those video games. I did. I loved it. So I found that on Netflix the other night. That's been pretty good. Uh, the new season of all American just started. I think it's four episodes deep now. Um, I watched it the other night, so I'm all caught up. Thankfully, uh, if you guys haven't watched that, if you like football, uh, I would say it's like a, Football version, a more dramatic football version of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So the way I would explain that is like a, a young man from the, the streets of Crenshaw moves to Beverly Hills and hangs out with a bunch of rich white kids and plays football out there. And I don't want to spoil too much, but that's the way I would kind of explain it. It's really good if you like football, but it's got enough non-football stuff too. So like, interested. so like, not like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air at all. <laughs> well, I mean, from the standpoint of a kid from the streets moves to a rich people town. <laughs> okay. See, we watch very opposite TV. I'm, I'm actually, the only new show I'm watching right now is the WandaVision because I'm a huge Marvel nerd. So I just wait for that to come out every week. And now that's really all I have to look forward to since the while they're on COVID protocol. So <laughs> it always, it always it's, it's all comes I have to look forward to. to. It always it really comes does. back to I always find right. a way to bring it back. I I'm trying to think the last hockey game I think I watched was probably when I worked for the newspaper here in town. And it's because we had to pull stories for the Rockford register star, the local newspaper for when the Blackhawks were playing. So that season was when they were playing Phoenix in the first round of the playoffs. So all their games were on West coast time. And well, not all of them, but a good majority of them were on West Coast time because I think Phoenix had home ice advantage in that series. That's probably the last time I watched hockey. And well, no, I take that back. There was a game seven the year the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you know, we're not going to talk ago, about that one. We don't talk about that. We're sure. Boston fans, so we don't talk about that. Is that who they beat was Boston? Because I would have never. It was. That. We could have a whole conversation yes. about how bad that refing was and. And okay. also, how and about how about Brad Marchand trying to go for a line change with 30 seconds left in the first period on an attack to give up a goal? It's the Kevin yeah. King play of hockey. Except for oh, Marchand for is smarter than English. Kevin King. Right, except except Marchand is a better player than Kevin King. Like it I said, was I like, it was a fluke for him. It was like right. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you turning that into English for me. But yeah, that was that was the last time I watched hockey because I think Vegas had their team in a game seven or something that year too. And didn't, didn't the Stanley cup go seven games that year too? Uh, when they played the caps? No, I think caps won in five. Yeah. yeah. Well, the year the blues won. Oh, Oh, they probably maybe. played the sharks. I'm guessing. And 
That their sounds right. Always, but their their series always go to Game Seven because they're rivals now. It's weird. Okay, so that's the last time I watched hockey. Uh, now that the Blackhawks now's a stink, great time to get back into it. That's <laughs> totally okay. No, that's okay. Um, thankfully, the the Blackhawks aren't good anymore, so nobody where I'm from pretends to care about hockey anymore. So I don't have to sit and listen to everybody that's a diehard hockey fan y'all very common things like center it or the goalie sucks which are basically the bits of analysis that or just come. shoot he's a sieve yeah yeah the very basics when they've watched two hockey games total and probably couldn't tell you what icing is that's Cover the that's five the, hole blue line to yep. blue line yep two line Janelle, passing any, which any, isn't Janelle, a thing any other any other cliches that you can spout out yeah, I'll wrap around and put the biscuit top shelf. Top shelf where Daddy hides the good liquor. Where okay, see, I I know more like the where Mama hides the thin mints. So okay, now that nobody's listening anymore, let's move into that's what we're doing to keep occupied. As you guys can see, I learned some new things tonight, so at least I have that going for me. Uh, it's almost March, so the college basketball tournament. Although I will admit. Dan, I know you're a college football fan too, but wasn't it hard to get into either college sport this like college football or basketball this year? I, I'm I am I'm gonna sound like a real asshole to uh to everybody on the on the podcast right now because I am an Ohio State fan, Jacob. You know that. Yep. Yeah, you already you don't have to say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I die hard. Love like I any other season I will sit and watch every game I I will root for them and I have a vested interest in it. This year, I had no I I could not get into watching college football this year up until the Big Ten championship game was the first time I sat down and I paid attention and really watched the game. And then I cared a hell of a lot about beating Clemson just because it was hella fun to beat. Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence in his last college game. Oh, you mean Dabo Sweeney's not likable? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the net, Janelle, Janelle and Matt, we recorded um, a packet well, podcast episode. Yeah. The as the national championship game was happening, yeah. And I had no, I I watched like the first half, and after that, I, I turned off. I didn't need to watch anymore. I was like, well, the game's probably over. I didn't feel anything. I, I, I felt nothing like college football gave me nothing. And it's going to be interesting this year with the, the tournament, because that's like the only time I'll watch college basketball is the, is March madness. And if it's going to be a, a tournament with no fans and no atmosphere, like it's going to be really hard for me to get into it. And that's like the, when people say college basketball is better than the NBA, that's one of the first things they point to is the atmosphere is better. And there is no, you know, there is no screaming fans at Cameron indoor. The Cole center right. is dead silent. Like, I mean, all of those places, there is no atmosphere. So I don't know what the plans are right now for whether or not they're even allowing a limited amount of fans, but you even think about, you know, when you think back to those tournaments and those upsets, you know, listening to these fans get behind, UMBC beating Virginia or whatever small school is playing against Duke, those kinds of games, those aren't going to happen anymore. And I wonder if you'll see fewer upsets as a result of that and watching things like that. It's, it's just been difficult. I, I think that's mm -hmm. the best way to put it. And it's hard. It's been hard to get into. And typically I don't get into those things until football season ends anyways. But what was it? Saturday, I was trying to sit down and watch, Wisconsin and Illinois were playing each other and it was just like, eh, eh, you know, whatever. And I like basketball. So I'm, I'm willing to sit and watch 
a basketball game, it's just been, it's been hard to get into in college football. Like you mentioned, that was the same way too. Cause it was just like, I think with some of the leagues and with us both being fans of big, well, Jen, you too, being fans of a big 10 team, the, the on off switch thing that they played where it was like, it's not, it is happening. It's not happening. Right. And now it is happening. And the season starts in late October. Jen, I think actually opening day of big 10 football, you and I were recording a, a pack a day podcast with uh, Gage oh, yeah. Bridgeford. So it was hard. And I think it's been hard to do that as well, but let's talk a little Packers. I assume that's why most of you are tuning into this episode today is to hear what we think about the Packers. So the season's over. Tampa Bay has won the championship, as we mentioned, and we mentioned why that is, in fact, the case. But when that happens, whenever a team wins a championship, everybody talks about it as if that is the only way to win a championship. Last year, after Kansas City won, it was, okay, surround your quarterback with 10 good receivers and an all-star, maybe the greatest tight end ever, and just score 100 points. Now that Tampa Bay's won, everybody says, okay, make sure you go – Quote, all in is going to be your buzzword all offseason for Packers fans. Sign all these free agents, get these veterans to come down and ring chase and do things like that, which, by the way, just inherently, it's a little bit easier to convince a veteran to ring chase in Florida than it is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Just keep that in mind as we go through this offseason, which I'm sure every single player that signs elsewhere will be met with a clean, logical, measured reaction. I am certain of that above all else. Quiet dignity and grace. Yes, that is exactly what I think. But the question now is how does Green Bay catch Tampa Bay and the rest of the NFC and ultimately find their way to be crowned Super Bowl champions in 2022? So, Jen, I guess that's kind of a roundabout way of asking What's this team's biggest need or their biggest needs aside from making Jay Sternberger change his number to 84 so Jordy Nelson can come back and wear number 87? <laughs> yeah, I only see that tweet um, a couple times a day. but Really? Yeah, I a mean, day? A day. <laughs> I dig for him, but oh. I, you know, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have like the alert, like anytime someone mentions Jordy, no. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things like, they're already moving in the right steps. I'm um, kind of clearing out some of those coaches who obviously weren't bringing what they needed to. And just, um, yeah, I think there's certain positions that need to be met with the linebackers, cornerbacks, um, receiver, I think, obviously. And with David Bakhtiari, his injury, they're going to have to figure out what to do for a pretty good chunk of that season because you, you just don't bounce back from an ACL. Well, at least most people don't. I don't know. But uh yeah, I think chasing guys in free agent, it's going to be hard because of that COVID cap we were talking about. It's hard to go all in when you only have so much to go all in with. Um, it's not like this team is trying to build from like a six-win season. So I think a lot of the pieces are already there. It's just finding those few things that went wrong. And realistically, a lot of went wrong was just on the players. It wasn't so much the talent that's there. It's just like you said, the big players not stepping up and doing their job when they needed to. So um, I think they don't need to go do what Tampa Bay did and they just kind of need to focus on the draft and hopefully figure out, you know, the running back room could have some serious turnover. We don't know for sure, but there is, there's, it doesn't seem like there's 
as much need going into this offseason, into next season, as there has been in past years where it's like, okay, we have a lot of issues we need to address. It's more like just a couple players here and there really figuring out schemes. Um, Cause I think that had a lot, had a lot to do with it. You know, when you're not pressuring Tom Brady, that's what you needed to be doing and you didn't do it. So that like, just kind of the small, like you need to do the small things to be able to make the big things happen. And Dan, of course you mentioned uh, Richard Sherman and I'm trying to do this as gracefully as I can, because if I made a list of players that I love to hate. Jared Allen tops that list. There's, I don't think oh, yeah. there's any question for the, the pop goes the moron dance is what I used to call his stupid sack dance that he used to do. Even my personal favorite Jared Allen story is green Bay is playing Minnesota on a Monday night in 2011. And it's the final score of that game was green Bay 45 Minnesota seven. It was not a game. Those of you guys might remember the um, Randall Cobb returned a punt for a touchdown to start that game, and then Green Bay just was dominant from there on out. I think Jordy Jen had two touchdowns that night. That's a no surprise there. No surprise. I do remember one specific one where he caught one of those smoke screens and he stiff armed the poor corner. And I don't think that man is still living at this point. If he is, he probably hasn't shown his face since. But that's the case on that. But Allen gets a sack at thirty-one to nothing. And he does his stupid sack celebration. His like goat rope dance. Yes. And the whole crowd boos him. And the guy behind me is like, do you think he knows they're losing 31? Like maybe you should have done that when it was seven to nothing kind of thing. Something I always appreciated about like Clay Matthews when he was a Packer was if Green Bay was losing and he got a sack, he didn't do his, you know, predator, predator thing yeah. or whatever that was. That never happened. I, I don't know if that was coached or whatever. And Green Bay really doesn't do it now. If they're losing, Zadarius Smith and all of them, they're not running to the end zone and doing this. They do when they get a turnover, but that's really about yeah. it in terms of those personal cel- – like Rodgers doesn't do a belt if they're losing kind of thing because they like, understand there's – Read the atmosphere, yeah. <laughs> right. Read the room, as, as some might say. But Richard Sherman is definitely on that list of – I would get over it and figure out a way to root for number 25 in green and gold. And he has dreadlocks, which automatically makes you a better cornerback. I don't know if you guys know those rules oh, or not. Sure. But tell me why Green Bay needs to bring in Richard, <laughs> Richard Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, here's, here's, uh, here's, the, here's the thing. Um, I, would lo- I would actually love to see Richard Sherman play a, a, like a one-year deal with the Packers this year i i think i think he is just the right kind of person to put opposite of jair alexander and if you if you ran things back next year where basically you are assuming that preston smith christian kirksey dean lowry aren't going to be there just because of cap cuts and you have that same base defense plug-in rookie defensive lineman or whoever to you know kingly kiki or whoever to fill that void and the linebacker group pretty much stays the same and you add Richard Sherman to that group, that's a, that's a pretty damn good defense. Um, my my thing though is, while I would love to see that happen, I I honestly think I think the thing you have the place you have to go is defensive line with uh, with the offseason. If you if you're gonna take a, I, <laughs> you guys Jacob's can't see the show, but JJ I just did the Watt, w. I, <laughs> I I don't know about JJ. I I'm not one of the ones on the JJ Watt 
bandwagon, but I'm not from Wisconsin, so it's a, it's a little bit different You're a for Buckeyes me. Fan, you won't get it. I get it. I know. Um, yeah, we just have Chase Young. Um, uh, no, and I and other first round pa- right. like they have a first round pass rusher. Why does Ohio State win the Big Ten every year? I don't know. Every single one of their defensive linemen turns into a top five draft pick. The thing about like JJ Watt is he seems like the kind of guy who would maybe take a, a lower paycheck to come play in Wisconsin and have that shot. You know, playing for the Texans, it's like he has enough money. He doesn't. It's not like he's playing for the money. I think he wants that ring. So if there was a way to get it, I would totally be on board as long as it doesn't totally break the bank and you can't address other issues in doing so. I will say I, this when it comes to Watt specifically, and I'm not a Badgers fan. Uh, I think I've made that clear. We don't need to talk about how you're a my, fan. <laughs> my, well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but thank you for doing so. I try and keep that on the DL as much as I can because it's, you know, it's like, it's embarrassing. I can't think of a good example, but it's embarrassing, but you know, it's what it's like what it's that meme, even though I'm mad, that doesn't mean I stop caring kind of thing. So I'll sit yeah. over in the rain, but I'll hold an umbrella over their head kind of thing. But when it comes to a player fitting a need and at a position where if you think about it, Dan mentioned a rookie defensive lineman, for example, those guys take a while to develop and become for the most part. I mean, Kenny Clark was pretty good right away, but those guys are rare. Defensive linemen typically take a year or more to be impact players. So if you want to look at a position to add potentially an impact player, and again, I'm not a salary cap expert. Don't ask me to be realistic about that because frankly, I don't know the cap number, what it's going to be, and neither do you. And pretending that you do is just work in in estimates, and I'm not going to work in estimates. But if you want to talk about a guy who fits a need and can allow you to they could still pick a defensive lineman in the first two, three rounds and then essentially do what they've done with rookies throughout the Lafleur Gutekunst tenure, which is redshirt them and let him kind of develop. He'll get some reps, obviously, because he's a high pick. And Green Bay's defensive line situation, if you assume the release of Dean Lowry, which you probably should, is not great. It's Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki and then a bunch of dudes that spent time on the practice squad at one point or another this past season. So... In terms of fitting that end, he fits really well. Yeah, I here's 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 where I play sort of devil's advocate. First, I I, I push back. I don't know about drafting a defensive lineman like first round or even like top sec top two rounds um, to come in and be a starter because like exactly what you said, it takes time to get in there unless it's an absolute baller. You know, you're not going to find a guy that's going to come in and, and be that guy. Um, I, I think I think it's a, a place that they address in free agency. Um, I, I looked at, uh, cause I've been doing, you know, Jacob, we've got the stuff coming out for game on Wisconsin about what we should do in the off season. Sheldon Rankins is a guy that stuck out for me from new Orleans, a defensive lineman who is probably going to be a cap casualty this year. Well, he's, he's a free agent, but he's probably going to be a guy that the saints aren't going to be able to afford to bring back because of the cap situation. Like you said, good thing so, they paid Taysom Hill. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, a, a, a guy like that, and I, I push back on the on the whole JJ Watt thing again because I, I feel like, I feel like Wisconsin fans maybe are wearing their glasses, their their rose colored glasses a little bit because, well, JJ Watt's from Wisconsin. Of course, he'll come back and take a, a one year deal to to play with the Packers. It's his childhood dream. Well, you know what else his childhood dream would probably be? 
taking a one-year deal on a on a on a minimum salary to go play with Tom Brady and have a chance, an automatic chance to go win a Super Bowl with the Super Bowl champions. So in like in Florida. So like there's a lot of places that he could go ring chase. He could go to he could go to Kansas City for mm-hmm. uh, easily on a on a one-year deal. Like it it I just I don't want us to get our hopes up too high about JJ Watt because there's a 99% chance they will be dashed. And that's the same thing with the Richard Sherman thing. Cause I tweeted that out because Packer fans probably are going to spend the next month or so talking about how much it would, how much they would love to bring Richard Sherman in. And there'll be think pieces about, will Packer fans be able to forgive Richard Sherman and accept him into the fold and people be like, oh, of course we will. And then like two weeks into March, he signs, you know, uh, to go play with, uh, I, I don't know, uh, the Cobra, the, the purple Cobras the from, I, I was, I was trying to find a, I was trying to find a movie villain. So like the purple Cobras from Globo gym. There you go. That's perfect. I'll find a movie reference. I understand. <laughs> there we go. We've got a couple. Well, we'll get a couple. Uh, I got to remember the generational gap that unfortunately is this combination. It's the only downside to this trio that we have here but it is significant dan and i i think are like 10 years older than you are so that's great roughly Roughly, (laughs) here's my thought Uh, i did mention some stuff on watt and it kind of goes into my bigger overall theme and the story i wrote for packer report for tuesday was essentially you know anytime the super bowl happens you get the the narrative that comes out of the super bowl and this year the narrative is oh well Tampa Bay won because they they tried the hardest which is stupid and Tom Brady's the goat which is also stupid but I don't do goat debates that's my my official stance on everything is if you ask me who's the goat my answer is I do not give a damn that's just my my I don't do goat debates whenever somebody tells me that Tom Brady is I will just ask them okay if you can give me a reason that does not deal in team related statistics, then I will listen. But otherwise I don't really care to hear the fact that he has seven Super Bowl rings, although very impressive. And I am incredibly jealous of that fact. That being said, the other bit was, well, is Patrick Mahomes a one hit wonder, which was equally as dumb as everything else I was just talking about. But the, the line that comes through of that is the line. And you look at the way Tampa Bay was built. Tom Brady was comfortable throughout the entire game. He was pressured maybe like twice on his dropbacks. I mean, I don't have the exact numbers, but he was comfortable in the pocket all night long. And he was comfortable in the pocket. Jen pointed that out earlier against Green Bay and pretty comfortable in the pocket against New Orleans and Washington as well. So the offensive line matters, duh. On the other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes is running for his life. throughout. Patrick Mahomes is the closest thing we've seen to a superhero playing quarterback and Tampa Bay's defense rendered him to look like Taylor Heineke. I mean, it wasn't nothing against Taylor. Mitchell Trubisky. If you want to look like a bad quarterback, like it was rough. And when you can't protect the passer, then it, it doesn't matter that he has Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards, and all these weapons that everybody was talking about. If you can't protect the quarterback, And you saw this with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They had the best offense in the NFL. Why did they lose the NFC Championship game? A multitude of reasons. One of the big ones was they couldn't protect him. Shaq Barrett, JPP, Vita Vea, and Damakang Su, Green Bay's favorite local hero. Everything like that. Pressured five sacks, two turnovers. It's just a tough way to do business. And that is where I say, Green Bay, if you are looking, build up front. And that means the offensive line. 
And that means pass rushers. Yes, edge rusher is a need for this team, even though they have Z and Rashawn Gary coming back. They're likely cutting Preston Smith and a rolled ankle away now from starting Jonathan Garvin, Randy Rams. I mean, nothing Mm -hmm. against those dudes, but I'm not exactly talking about Preston Smith. And as much as you may have disliked Preston Smith from this past season, he was a starter, played a lot of snaps, and last year, 2019, was a Pro Bowl player for this team. The Packers need more pass rushers and guys that can push that pocket and get after the quarterback. That is where I think you're not building your team to beat Tampa Bay that way because I had it pointed out to me and it was pointed out really well by Jake Morley is you don't build your team to beat one team because last year it was, well, Green Bay needs to, how do they build their team to beat San Francisco? Somebody remind me, how did San Francisco finish this season? Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. So building your team, if they had built their team to beat the 49ers, Probably a foolish use of resources if you're not going to see them in the playoffs. So you have to build to your strengths, which they have those. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, they have a good base uh, for their roster. If you look at the premier positions on this in the NFL, quarterback, I think they have one of those. I'm pretty sure that he was just named the league's most valuable player this past week. So that's a good start. Pass rushers, they have two of them. And Kenny Clark could make a third if you want to include that. They need a little bit more up there, but they do have a good start there. Cornerback. Jair Alexander might be the best cornerback in the entire NFL. Offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari, Jen mentioned, has to come back healthy, but that's a good start on that side of things, and Billy Turner had a really good season as the right tackle. Build on that. Start there and work your way around. So they do need some little guys, receivers, corners, running back, I guess if you want to call that a little guy kind of thing because that may have some turnover, but find those big guys. And I think it was Ted Thompson, RIP, used to always say the good Lord only made so many big men that can move and you got to find those dudes and you got to find them early. And I think green Bay has to, I will not be surprised at all. If on draft night, we are talking about a edge rusher as the team's first round pick. Now I say that on February 10th. So take that with what it's worth. Cause we have a long way to go between now and the draft. Any final thoughts, Jen, I'll start with you on just, where this team is at and your thoughts on them maybe moving into, you know, this 2021 season into what we hope is a 2022 playoff run. Yeah. I mean, finishing 13 and three back-to-back years, losing NFC championship games. It's they're up there. They're on that incline. It's just trying to figure out what to do to get over that hump. And I think they have what they need. It's just how they're utilizing it. And then just kind of building off of that. So I'm not like, Yeah, it's a disappointing year, but I think things are treading in the right direction and they're trying to make those moves to better themselves even more. So I'm not like, yeah, there's things that happened, obviously, but it was still it was still a good, fun year. And I think that people almost forget about that because the way it ended. This was probably my favorite year of football, aside from the Super Bowl. Um, I think this team has a lot of what they need to be back in this same position and hopefully get those missing pieces and figure out what they need to do because it like, like you said, you can't prepare to beat one specific team when you get on that big stage. So just go out, like find what you need to be the best complete team that you can be Um, find consistency throughout the season. And really just, I don't know. I think Packer fans need to remember that this was a, this was a fun season regardless of how it ended. And frankly, hope the ball bounces your way one time or yeah. another. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe get a punter while you're at it. But well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to focus too much time on kickers. But yeah, that that certainly 
as something they could look at as well. But hope the ball bounces your way a time or two, because frankly, mm-hmm. I mean, there is some luck involved. I mean, I'm not going to say Tampa Bay was lucky to win the Super Bowl because I think that is just bitterness and stupid to have. Yeah, that you conversation. don't you don't win with luck like by 22 points or whatever it was. But no, and but that being said, they were fortunate in the last two games they played this season to face a Green Bay offense without David Bakhtiari and a Kansas City offense with basically playing a center and four guards on the offensive line. That played a role, at least, in their ability to... Kansas City, I think, is actually... Kansas City and Green Bay both, I think, are better teams than Tampa Bay is. But in a one-game sample like that, when you're missing one of your most important players in Green Bay's case and four of your most important players if you're Kansas City's case, that plays into it. But that's part of the game. I mean, Green Bay, for example... One bit of luck, if you will, that they found was they got to play Aaron Donald as a severely compromised player. And that certainly mattered in their ability. Now, I think they would have beaten the Rams anyways, but the ability to play him without him being at the full Terminator mode, I think is the way Sean McVay refers to it as, that certainly mattered. Uh, When I look at this team, I look at a group that doesn't have – you know, they don't have 35 needs like maybe they had in the last couple of off seasons. You're looking at a few tweaks here or there, and they're still loaded. And this is a team that's still, I mean, they're going to lose one of their one of their running backs, if not both. Corey Lindsley's probably gone. Preston Smith is probably gone. But I mentioned that base earlier. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have Devontae Adams. A.J. Dillon showed well in his short time at being able to be one of their top backs. They'll add, they have 10 draft picks. You know, if you can add to the team that way, they'll have a fresh look on the defensive side of the ball. I know a lot of people aren't too thrilled with the defensive coordinator hire, but everybody was thrilled with Mike Patton when he got hired and you wanted his head on a stick within the first six games of after he got hired. So that's kind of my thought on that. Uh, this team is very good. They should be one of the favorites to represent the NFC in next year's Super Bowl, barring relative health. So Dan, final thoughts, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, pretty much exactly what you guys said, especially, um, you know, about the you don't you don't build your team to beat one single team. I, I can I can vividly remember fighting, like almost literally fighting with my family on draft night about a, 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 all the moves that the 49ers made, all the moves that the Vikings made. Uh, the 49ers are getting better. The Vikings are getting better. We're getting left behind in the dust. I can't believe we haven't made any moves to get any better. Guys, this team is good. They've got a solid core. And that's that's all you need is the core. If you've got the core down, the rest will fall into place. And the Packers have done a great job of, of, of building the core and building around it to create a really good team. And I will say, it definitely takes a fair bit of luck to win the Super Bowl. The best team in the NFL does not win the Super Bowl probably at least 50% of the time. You could argue even more. The Patriots were 18-0. Arguably the best team in the NFL didn't win a Super Bowl. The Packers went 15 and one, lost in the very first playoff game. Probably the best team in the NFL didn't win a Super Bowl. The Packers were probably the best team in the NFC this year, and they're probably you could argue that they are an eight-yard touchdown pass away from playing in the Super Bowl this year. So to say that the Packers need to do anything to beat the the Buccaneers, they were they were literally eight yards away from beating the Buccaneers with the team they have now. So there's there's no reason to panic in this offseason. It's going to be quite a different team next year compared to what it is this year. So just be prepared for that. But it, it literally just kind of like Janelle said, 
enjoy like reflect back on this season and enjoy it for what it was because a lot of the fun this year from these players we're not going to see back again this year this was a, a very special season to watch um and just don't don't overreact so much to to everything the the the, the buccaneers winning the super bowl they did it because they they got hot at the right time and got a little bit of luck along the way and did a good job of beating the teams they had to beat and that's that that's that's how football works that's all I have to say. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> what a classic. I bought you some ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> what a great movie. Jan? I've seen that one. <laughs> Don't worry. What my mama movie said is it? Was my it's Forrest shoes. Gump. And they could take me anywhere I wanted to go. I had a college friend who I had never seen the whole movie all the way through, so it, he made me watch it. So I have seen all of Forrest Gump. Well, my condolences if anybody ever calls you Jenny in that voice. So all the time, hey. call it all the time, all the time. I'm I sorry only... I ruined your Black Panther party. It was either Jenny or I got Jenny from the block in college. Those were that my. That one's not so bad, but I don't know. Well, I mean, if you hear it every day, I suppose <laughs> yeah. that would be. A I, I grew numb to a lot of names, so <laughs> that's fair. So it is what it is. Considering we had. Very little to talk about, guys. I'm kind of impressed with the content we were Welcome able to push Welcome to an today, episode so. with Dan and I. <laughs> we are the king of crap, man. We are the kings of crap. When people comment about how we need to change the intro, it's because of us. Yeah. I get, yeah, well, yeah, I can understand that too. But <laughs> anyways, guys, if we want to find your work, follow you, where can we go? Jen, let's find you first. And rumor has it you have something really interesting starting in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so obviously you can follow me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Um, catch me here every other Tuesday with Dan and Matt and sometimes popping on with guys like Jacob. Uh, for I'll start with my big news is my hockey podcast. Um, I know that's what Jacob is referring to. No, that's not. But, you know, go ahead. <laughs> that uh, the first line podcast for, for the State Again Network, that's twice a week. So you can find that at SIA First Line. And then the actual news that Jacob was referring to is my upcoming show that I'm doing with former Packers tight end Brandon Bostic about mental health and sports. So that's called Minds of the Game. Um, that is, yeah, that we plan on dropping our first episode the first week of March. And that's really exciting. I just had my first Zoom call with him today. Uh, he made fun of the fact that I'm wearing a winter hat because there is a 70 degree difference in where we are located. So I'm really excited to work with him. And I'm really happy that a lot of Packer fans have kind of forgiven him and are excited as well. Well, you know, Brandon Bostic, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, I can forgive everything from you know, six, seven years ago at this point, but making flexing about the weather that my friend <laughs> is where I draw the that line. That is a bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was like, come on, man. Like I was, t I was on a, a call with people in all different areas and I'm like, man, it is cold as where I am. So, but no, he's a really cool dude. And I'm really excited to kind of get to know him better, host that show and kind of let everyone else see who he is because he, he's cool and he's fun to talk to. And yeah, I'm excited for a lot of different reasons. You can also catch Jen on Game On Wisconsin now as the new host or one of the new hosts of Open Book with Eli Berkovitz and Zachary Jacobson. So their debut as a trio is this Thursday, one week from today, February 18th, talking offseason Packers and probably a fair amount of Jordy Nelson as well, if we're being real. So yeah, Dan, Eli and I talking about Jordy and Zach kicking back, trying to defend Greg Jennings. 
which you know what, what that's a that's a whole we'll add an hour to this conversation if you want me to start yeah. making fun of zach so dan let's where can we find you what do you got in the as irons in the fire here uh you can find me on twitter at dk all the way um i got uh, a new show starting with game on wisconsin this coming tuesday at 7 30 eastern 6 30 central called draft day where it's going to be me and a bunch of other random people from the packer universe beat writers radio uh just random people to join us and do a bunch of fake mock drafts and i don't mean like nfl mock drafts i mean like pizza toppings and sports movies and like the real hard-hitting stuff so make sure you check that out uh out over there and then again of course with janelle and matt every other tuesday here on the pack a day podcast the hard-hitting analysis that we crave as mm-hmm. we go through this Dan content is the best content <laughs> if you guys have not seen the graphic for the show draft day it is phenomenal probably the best thing we've ever done what are those pants called are they like zumbas those are zubas baby those are the most comfortable pants i've ever owned in my life i may have to buy a pair based on that recommendation so i'm gonna have to give that a shot because i'm always looking for more i wear a suit all day so comfort is the most important thing in the world when i come home so that's where I'm at with that. But for my content, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf and pretty much anything over at Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. Just did my first draft podcast this evening with Jake Morley called The Gold Zone. And we'll be doing, uh, we've got some really good guests lined up and I can't tell you all of them because then why would you listen to the show if that were the case? So I think they call that a tease in the business. So feel free to check us out. It's Wednesdays at 7.30 now that Lombardi's Bar is closed for the winter. And we'll be talking some Packers with you guys and how they could potentially get better going into the 2021 season. And then every Tuesday, I've got an article that comes out at Packer Report. I just finished one basically talking about what we did tonight as far as building in the trenches. And I'll be doing that all off season as well. And then every Thursday uh, with Maggie Loney and Jimmy Christensen when they decide to actually join me on these podcasts. So look forward to being back with the crew next week. And look forward to you guys listening and commenting on our show tonight. Feel free to check that out. Follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. But until then, I'm Jake Westendorf from Dan Kotnick and Janelle Mackey. We will see you guys next time.